Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. It has been two years and many months since we last had Ants on the pod, but here he is. He's back, and uh, we're recording this really early in October, so you guys are seeing this later. I apologize for any news that may have come out in the game. I have no idea what we're talking about right now, but Ants is here, and that's all that matters. What's going on? Yeah, how is it going? It is going well over here. It's going great. Dude, last time we talked... We both had drastically different setups. Yep, yep. We we both were. I was figuring out what content creation was. You were manipulating the market left and right, which I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're still doing, just in a different way. Oh, and excuse me, breaking news. As I actually just got a notey from MLB the Show. This will tell you how early on we're recording this. One of the Battle Royale eight cards. Oh, is James Wood, future star James Wood. So not Evan Carter. What are we doing? Where's my Evan Carter 99? Let's let's talk about this real quick because this is a tangent that I like. Evan Carter's Tops Now card is the best Tops Now card ever created. His swing is immaculate. It's incredible. I don't know who's it is. He has like the MLB The Show swing. Dude, it's unreal. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know who his swing is, who it belongs to, but if he gets a 99, I'm using it. It's like the Charlie Blackman Mondesi morphed together type swing where it's just like, it's just insane. Yeah, it's not as as slappy. No, it's not. It's quick. Yeah. Yeah, yep. big fan, big fan. Yep. Um, whenever he whenever he does get a ninety nine, hey, maybe a postseason card. Maybe he hits like you know hits a couple of home runs in the postseason, gets a ninety nine. It's gonna be insane. Whatever it does happen, was he this the year, Rangers, next year, whatever? Rangers top prospect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he, he's well, due. Some people, some people are now saying like he's not because of White Langford, who has been we dra- we drafted him. And I mean, you draft him in June and he was playing triple A by the end of the season, batting 400 with a 1200 OPS. That's it was just like, oh, nuts. okay, this guy's insane, I guess. So he's on the radar for like already next year. Possibly. People are people are like Evan Carter, obviously, is going to be their opening day with what he's done. This is coming up. But people are saying like, yo, it could be White Langford, too. Like they could take two of the outfield spots, which would just be absurd. And then like, you know, casually Jack Leiter just comes up. It's good. It's, it's, it's nice to be a Rangers fan right now, I guess. Yeah, if Jack Leiter ever gets things together and we develop a pitcher, that would be incredible. So one of the reasons, guys, I wanted Ants to come back is, one, it's been a while, and two, he is uh, he has gone under a different content journey. A good one, a great one, an entertaining one, but certainly different. And so for people who don't know Ants, where have you been? But Ants kind of got his inroads in the community as a market master, not a manipulator because there's nothing manipulating going on about it, but just making stubs and getting people rich in the game. And now I I kind of know why you made the switch. I'll let you tell your own story, but he's made the switch to more like challenge videos and highly produced videos. And they're really entertaining. They're a lot of fun. It's been a trend a little bit in the community. A few more people scan and others have started to do it. Uh, and it's fun. It's something that doesn't really exist a lot. And it'll be the show right now. So I'll let you tell your story. Why the switch? How's it been? Is it fun? The challenges? Just give it to us. I mean, you're the last thing you said right there was a huge. It, it doesn't exist. It, yeah. it didn't exist. At least, you know, I remember a year ago, uh, you mentioned Scan and me and him kind of went through this journey and switched together. And we were both just kind of like, yo, none of these other type of videos exist. And it'll be the show community. Like we want to bring some of that to the community. We see it doing well in so many other games. I kind of found it through FIFA. Um, okay. I don't play FIFA at all. Like I don't, I, the <laughs> last time I played FIFA was like a South Africa world cup. That was like 2012, maybe something like that it was maybe the last FIFA game I played, but I found myself watching FIFA videos and they were really entertaining. And I was like, I don't, I don't play the game at all. I have no interest in the game. The state of the game is irrelevant to me in, in watching this video. Like what cards are released in uh, the FIFA ultimate team is irrelevant to me watching this video. I just enjoy it as like a fun, entertaining video. So I was like, okay, well, I feel like there's room for that. And then we'll be the show community. Like there's going to be the show videos that if they can reach a broader audience, reach just more general baseball fans or people who just enjoy that type of content outside of, you know, being hyper relevant to diamond dynasty and like, Oh, I have to be a hardcore player to enjoy this video. It's like, that's kind of the audience I wanted to reach. And I definitely gotten to the point with, like, I loved the tips content. It's the reason that I started getting any traction on YouTube and streaming and all that. But I was definitely at a point where slightly burnt out with it, but also it was, you know, the new year and I was making new tips videos, but for the most part, they were relatively the same as the previous years. You know, the the content cycle is relatively same. The approach to going and completing a live series collection, it's not drastically different year from year. So I was like, okay, I've done three years of relatively making the same videos. Like I'm just kind of 
kind of bored of that. Like I need mm -hmm. something new. I need a new challenge. And I want something that can reach higher levels. I want something that when it comes to November, I mean, it will be the show could be perfect in the most perfect game of all time. But when December comes around, there's just going to be less people interested or in the specific case of being able to make stubs, they just don't need to make stubs anymore in November, regardless of how many people are playing. So it's just like my audience would crash come mm -hmm. the winter months. And I was like, okay, well, I want to try to avoid this somehow. And I think I've done what I can do. I kind of reached my peak with what I can do tips wise, roster updates, stub making wise. Like I'm ready for a new chapter. I'm ready for that new challenge, which is kind of where it was about like a year ago. I mean, yeah, I would say, I would say just about 12 months ago, last October is when I started kind of messing around with some new stuff. So how long, I, I guess it varies based on what you're doing, but compared to how much time you were spending doing your content, how much time does one of these videos take you start to finish? You do your own editing and stuff too. Yep. So yep. how long does it take you? Uh, they, they vary a lot. Like I'll have some videos that will be very quick to record idea packaging and then it'll take 20 to 30 hours to edit where then i'll have other videos will it be opposite where it's like i'm spending 10 15 hours doing research on some other videos getting the flow together like what the challenges are going to be like what is the story of this video going to look like how am i going to present that within this video and it's the all the time is spent on that and then it's you know five to ten hours of editing it pretty quickly but i mean yeah relatively i mean this last video i feel like i've been working on for seven days straight almost i haven't but it just it feels like that a lot of times as well because i'll just be uh, like i'll spend a day editing and then i'll look at it and be like okay i still have so much more to go what did <laughs> i even what what even got done here uh but a while definitely definitely yeah. a lot of time into each video and a lot of time and just into the process of what are the videos going to look like what are the next videos going to be what what ideas am i coming up with how do i make sure they stay unique and interesting to a viewer so it's not just kind of like oh i've watched this before already yeah so a little peek behind the curtain for people who Maybe this might not, this is a little inside baseball. A lot of this might not be interesting to you, but we're going to talk about it for a couple minutes. Um, a video like like Ants and Scan and those guys put together, like he just said, so time intensive. You're writing a script a lot. You're, you're planning out, obviously, how your content's going to go. You're going to then have to record and play and then the editing like 20, 30 hours. Whereas my content, I, I kind of know my wheelhouse in terms of my skills. I am not a good editor. I don't, or I, I'm sure I could teach myself if I really want to do the deep dive, but I have not done that deep dive. I'm more of like a, a cut, connect, cut, connect, overlay a couple things here and there. That's my ability. And honestly, with working full time, that's the amount of time I spend. So my goal as a creator, without half-assing it, because I never want to half-ass things, is I try to scale my content where I can record it, do minimal editing, either in terms of like high level editing or actual edits. Like my podcast, this guy's what we're doing right now. There's no edits in this. I, I do an end point, a start point and an end point. I slap an overlay on and it's done. There's pros and cons to both. The con for me is sometimes I look like a lazy piece of shit. The con for Ants is that he spends so much time doing it, but it all eventually gets to the same place. And so that's why you see stylistically so many different types of content, not to say one's better or worse, it just depends on what your bandwidth is, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes when trying to figure out all this stuff. So for you, when you were trying to plot all this stuff out and, and figure out this course, like, do you feel like you eventually hit a groove or a rhythm where you're like, oh, I could like, this is my content now. Like I got this down, start to finish. I know how to produce this. It's, it's way easier now absolutely because i because i definitely have like a system i have you know i kind of know more so what works what doesn't work how i want a video to flow what certain effects and things i want to have in there where the storyline plots are going to be things like that it definitely flows way more now than what it did you know a year ago when i just kind of started switching up my content from you know it, it's funny you mentioned just like the super basic cuts i used to when i was working full-time still at my previous job i would come home I'll take like a two hour lunch, hour and a half lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, because I would be I would I was working nights. And so I would come home and I would record, edit, upload, and create a thumbnail for Market Mondays during a lunch break. And like in an hour, that's like, my content stop now. Recording, baby. That's what stop I do. recording, yeah. three cuts, music underneath it, export it, uh, throw my throw a new face on a thumbnail template and upload. Boom, done. <laughs> yeah, and that's like 
That's the next level for me that I would like to get to. You talk about thumbnails. I recognize that my thumbnails are either not good or very repetitive or just don't have any pop. And thumbnails are so important. So that's the next thing I'm trying to learn professionally so I can just get them a little better. I don't, I'm not at the point where I want to pay an editor. Like I, I, I can get to a point myself where I can make them. But what you just said, that's kind of right now how I try to scale my content. Let's not speed run it, but let's get this done in an efficient manner. So I also still have time to sit on the couch and, and like be me and do nothing. And, and at the end of the day, there's value in that because some type of content viewers don't want it to be highly over edited, all those type of things. Like if, if I was doing daily, you know, YouTube uploads, obviously I would scale down my editing a ton mm -hmm. and there would be a different audience that would enjoy that for different reasons. You know, they like the being able to just go on every day and see a video from a certain creator or, you know, they like the more straightforward approach with less edits and, and those type of things. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all, like you said, it's different paths to the same location. And one of the other things that you've done that I've kind of also done a little bit is scaled back the streaming. Mm -hmm. Streaming is so, f I want to stress, because there are people who listen to this who are also in the streams and I appreciate you guys when I do go live. It's so much fun to sit in there and talk with you guys. It's so much fun to witness gameplay live with you guys and the conversations and this and that. They're such respectfully a waste of time. Like, it's good to grind the game. It's it's good to hang out with the homies a little bit. But if you're looking at this as like, what am I actually getting from something? It's not a ton. So scaling back to streams is a tough call, but I think eventually it works for everybody to do that. Unless streaming is 100% your business. If that's your business, obviously, who am I to tell you to stop doing it? But for people who want to focus on YouTube and growth, Twitch ain't the way. Yep. Yep. I mean, and that's, I started just straight streaming. And when I, I used to think I was like, oh, I'm just going to always stream all the time. Like, this is what I enjoy. This is what I want to do. Uh, and if I had never made the jump to being a full-time creator, I probably still would just be streaming. Cause like, that's what I enjoyed. That's what I wanted to do. But I was definitely at a point where I was like, okay, I love streaming, but it's clear that if I want to make this work as a full-time creator, like changes have to happen. And for me, I saw the vision of the changes happening on YouTube. So this year, whenever I had my first video start to do well, I just gave myself a hard cut. Like, okay, I'm done streaming. Like I'm taking, I'm taking myself fully out of it. That way I'm not, you know, wasting time. I'm not spending that time there. That'll take away from this other focus that I know will help me reach my long-term goals. Like as much as I would want to stream, it would just be like, I know if I go on and I stream for eight hours in a day, now I got one less video out this week. And maybe, you know, with all the momentum I have on YouTube, maybe that's the video that starts to slow things down. And I don't want to, I don't want to take that risk. So I would just, I, I pulled the plug hard on streaming and basically just quit cold turkey. And so much of the audience, it's not a hundred percent, but it's, it's such a high number would still convert to YouTube and be in the comments. It's not live. It's not exactly the same, but it's not like you're abandoning all these people and I'm not saying you in general, I'm just saying like Twitch streamers in general, it's not like you're abandoning an audience. They'll still be there. And ultimately they're there for you and your content anyway. So it's just different. And for me, I was, I was trying to stream two to three times a week, which is not an exorbitant amount, but I was not really doing anything on YouTube. I was putting my podcast to YouTube every Tuesday and that was basically it. And then I really started to hit the ground running on YouTube. We partnered this year, like things, things have gone well. And I'm like, well, if they're going to keep going well or getting better, something's got to be cut because I got to spend more time and I can't just create time. Like I have to work. This, I don't ever want this to be my full-time job. Cool if it is, but like I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. Decisions have to be made. And Twitch ultimately, live streaming ultimately is kind of like the, the lowest rung, so to speak. Um, and then, I mean, I'm lazy with so much stuff. I don't do shorts like I should. It's, it's, it's tough out here when you're, when you're tired from working all the time. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it is in, I'll say this. I mean, even with myself being full time, I feel like I never get anywhere close to the amount of content done that I want. Like you mentioned shorts. I, I've been wanting to do get back into shorts for a while now. And it's just like, I have it and it's, and it's on my plate to do. And then it's like, eh, I'm just going to put that off to next week so I can finish focusing on this video. It's, it, I mean, that's the content game, which is, you know, one of the hardest parts of being a creator is that every second that, that, us sitting here right now, there's somebody else who's like editing some crazy video that they're going to post. And it's like, oh, well, I could be editing some crazy video that I'm going to post now too, or like recording my next one or whatever. Like there's always somebody else out there working. 
you know, there's never, there's never, the lights are never off for content creation. Which is why I'm always appreciative when people take time to hop on the podcast. So, um, yeah, if my next video is bad, it's your fault. Yeah, it's, I'll, it's I'll take it's the because of the time spent here. I'll keep it on on uh, replay so you get the watch up. Um, and always start to finish, and always like and comment. I don't care what you like or what you comment. Comment a letter. I, I don't <laughs> care. Just put something down below. Um, I felt so. Every every Wednesday, I do a series called Whiteboard Wednesday on YouTube, and I can talk about this because this episode's coming out forever from now at time of recording. But um, this week we're coming out with 20 random legends used in parentheses. That'd be cool to have an MLB the show because I think sets and seasons needs more of a legend catalog to make it better. So I, I asked on Twitter, people submitted, we've got names like Marcus Giles, Reggie Sanders. Um, I mean, cool. I got I mean, the names in front of me, Carlos Guillen, Maglio Ordonez, like really cool. Not like, Clearly not bad baseball players, but they're like the hall of good. Like they're not anything spectacular, but it's the classic like name game in baseball. How fun is the random name game of baseball players? So we did that in my Twitch chat like last week. And now I'm like, you know what? YouTube comments, we're doing a random names video. You tell me your random player down below. Let's boost that algorithm. You always got to get the content, uh, the comments flowing. It's I love that. I love it, that. It's tough to get conversation started on YouTube, but sometimes you got to be you got to be a little not clickbaity, but like you got to right. you got to right. start the pot a little bit. Right, right. You got to you got to you know, you got to you got to lead them along. You got to you got to give them a reason that they want to interact and comment and enjoy a video. Yeah. So talking about sets and seasons is a great way to segue. I'm a pro podcaster, of course. That was great. I like uh, it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um we haven't talked in so long. Sets and seasons is new to the game. I know it hasn't been executed perfectly, but now that we're lying and saying we're in November, because that's when this is coming out, what do you think of sets and seasons? Is it good? Do you want it back? What do you think? Um, I mean, I definitely, I, I can't say that the content this year has been good. I, you know, I can't say that. But what I do feel is that a lot of the issues with content go way deeper than sets and seasons. Yes. That's how I feel. I, and so I feel like, Sets and seasons is the very surface level. It's super easy to look at that and be like, that's the issue. But in my mind, I go back a year ago. And if you were to look on Twitter or forums or anything a year ago, we were also all saying the content in it will be the show 22 isn't good. Like it needs change. It needs this. It needs that. And I feel like a lot of those changes that we wanted last year didn't end up taking place this year because of the, you know, the sets and seasons was so different that a lot of like the underlying issues are still there from previous years that didn't really get addressed. I mean, online rewards, you know, just playing online, not being very rewarding. I've been playing a decent amount of Madden and okay. it is insane. There's, uh, there's a lot of issues in Madden. Don't get me wrong, but it <laughs> is insane. Just how rewarding playing online. It's like, if you're good and you win and you get rewarded, so so much it is literally the best way to make coins in madden it's just to simply be good and play online mm -hmm. and that's what i've I mean, kind of been doing like in events now and yeah listen, it, i events I is better i enjoy events for what they are i've never wanted to become an event grinder but it's the only way for a good player to make consistently excellent stubs like every time you get 12 wins you basically get 250,000 stubs or more, depending on how fast you do it. Like, is that the mode, the online mode SDS wants us all playing? Because that's like the best benefit, really. Right. And I mean, part of the problem with that, though, is you have inherently more randomness in events being a three inning game. Yes. I trust my ability to, if, if there, if, to go 12 and 0 over nine innings, nine inning games, then three innings. Three innings, you have one bad inning, one mm -hmm. random game happens. You don't have the chance to overcome that. Boom, your run's done. That's it. Yeah. And I, I agree with you so much on the basically saying the content model is stale because every year, every year we get hyped, right? About like, oh, there's Sammy Sosa McGuire and Jeter this year. There's like eight ish, maybe sometimes less, maybe sometimes a little more new legends every year, right? But that is not enough to overshadow the fact that we're still playing with the same recycled legends from the past three years or more ago. And that's not me saying, take Mickey Mantle out of the game. I'd like Mickey Mantle to stay. But I feel like every year we got to get like 20 new legends to like really freshen things up. Because when you think about it, of the eight to 10 new legends we get, probably half of them suck. 
for whatever, like McGuire this year, everyone was excited. He's awful all around. There's plenty of guys that get added that kind of are just mid because of swings or, or repertoire. They don't throw hard enough. You know, the meta comes into play. But if you drop 20, 25 new legends on us, some of them are going to slap and some of them are going to be exciting. And I think that's how we separate ourselves from this repetitiveness of like over and over, like here's Mantle again, here's a Griffey again, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think in addition to that, I want to see more focus on current day players outside of the top upper echelon. Mm-hmm. And there, I, I see glimpses of it this year. But in previous years, SCS has been super hard-nosed on X card will represent X year. It will represent, like, if they hit 250 in this season, then that is their contact rating. And we've seen that ruin a ton of cards where, you know, a cool player had a random hit bad lefties for a month, so their player of the month card is awful versus lefties. It becomes unusual. And Mm -hmm. this year, they some of the card types have turned away from being one year, like... uh, uh, the incognito and the kaiju and things like that. I like those for the fact that they don't represent a single specific season. Yeah. You can just kind of model the player as a whole and fill in some of those gaps where maybe they lacked as a player to make them a usable card. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, that should be the goal. They should be mm-hmm. fun, usable cards. Obviously there's some people that are like, Oh, I only want the cards to represent the real stats or whatever, but yeah, I think that results game. in a, yeah, that results in a not fun mode, but I think the way to do that and add in more variety is like your second tier real life baseball players. I mean, as a Rangers fan, I've watched Leona Tavares all year for the most part outside of one month be insane. And I, I could have missed it, but I don't think he's gotten it. Like, I don't think he's ever gotten a card. I think he's put up like four and a half, five war and he just doesn't have another card. Like there's, there's these little unsung heroes on every team that fans of those teams are going to enjoy. Casual fans are probably going to at least have heard of through you know, watching highlights or watching a game of a current day player and then like give them a cool card, fill in some of the volume with some of that versus, you know, the fifth legend or the, you know, the fourth version of Mike Trout or whatever it is. Yeah. The poster boy that I've used all year for what you're talking about is how on this earth does G-Man Choi have a crazy 99? Yeah. He's the poster and I'm not against it. it. It's cool. But like, how did we get here? That's what I want to know. Who in See, SPS I love loves G money? I want I want more of that. I want yeah. more G Man choice to have just like give me options, you know. Mm-hmm. I would rather have a first 99 overall G Man Choi than the fourth Alan Trammell, you know? Oh, Things yeah. like that. And I think they've pigeonholed themselves themselves, excuse me, by using finest. Finest is one of the best content drops every year. Yeah. I love finest when it's executed the right way. Like last year was mostly executed the right way. The cards are incredible. You could have a brand new God squad at every position just from finest if it's done the right way. But the problem with finest and people don't really talk about this a lot is that they save players for finest like 99 at Elise Garcia. We could have gotten already or, right. you know, Nathaniel Lowe could have gotten a, a high 90 or Pick, pick your player. Doesn't matter. Marcus Semyon, I guess he got one. Never mind. But you know what I'm getting at? Like they, they can, they can give players 99s earlier instead of waiting for finest. And I kind of hope that sets and seasons would have alleviated some of that. But with the way they've handled, like giving us two Kyle Schwarbers within seven weeks of each other and like weird stuff like that. I don't think it's hit the right way. So as good as finest is, maybe there should be like second, uh, first half finest and second half finest. Maybe they could do something crazy like that. Because I agree, like the the current day players need to be propped up a little bit. Right. And as you said, in theory, second seasons would alleviate that. And I think they've handled some players well. Like I would say Mike Trout was handled like you were able to get a 99 early Mm -hmm. on. And then he got another card long enough after that first one where you couldn't even use that first one anymore. So it's like, okay, now there's this new one that still excites me, has value, is relevant. It's not, you know, five weeks after they had just gotten another card. It's not like they dropped a 99 Mike Trout in set two. Like, they waited, and they paced it out properly. And I think when it's paced out properly like that, I, it can work really well, which is kind of where, like, there's been some glimpses for me where it's like, okay, that's, like, that's nice. I enjoy that. I enjoy getting a 99 Mike Trout day one. Like, yeah. that is fun. I, I enjoy that experience. It would work best, and this is an extreme case. I understand not every player has this exact career progression, but sets and seasons would work perfectly for Alex Rodriguez. He would have, everybody wants A-Rod. We all know everybody wants A-Rod, but he had three distinct career eras, whatever you want, career periods, 
with different teams and like set one A-Rod on the Mariners would have a little less power, a ton more speed. Set two or set three, I guess we'd have to skip one, could be the Rangers. And then set five could be the Yankees. And they all do stuff a little bit differently. Again, I know not every player does that. But if you're going to give us a duplicate 99, I'd like to see the attributes a little different. I'd like to see the card play a little different. Some of the cards have not been able to do that. Like Kyle Schwarber, he's a one-trick pony. Those cards are going to be the same all the time. Um, Sammy Sosa is a terrible example of what I'm saying because they murdered that second Sammy Sosa. So <laughs> let's not even discuss that. Ignore that one. Yeah. I think you guys know what I'm saying. And I, well, the I second just, Mark McGuire, that was that you know the swing on, sure, paper, on paper. They did yeah, that yeah, perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That if was it was a, any other player. Yes. Yes, that was a win on paper. It's just unfortunate that the way they tracked his swing doesn't play. Yeah, I'm sure they yeah. could fix it moving forward. I'm assuming this is not a one-year contract with him. But yeah, I mean, they paid a lot of money, presumably, for McGuire. And I would love to see the stats of who uses him because I don't think many people do. I will say it's only like 25 ABs because I, I I shelved them pretty early in the year. I can't remember who replaced <laughs> them. But I am batting like 650 with them. I don't know. You know, I don't, see, I, I don't know. <laughs> I hit a lot of liners and he's like a slap hitter the opposite field I'm like what mark mcguire is a open your hips and pull type of guy what is this what is this push hitter crap so I, I, he's not supposed to play like jimmy fox that's all i'm saying <laughs> um but yeah sets I, i'm still a big fan conceptually of sets and seasons because if it works the way like in the utopia society that it should work it's great for variety it's great mm-hmm. for not giving us the same cards all the time i think one of the issues with sets and seasons is because there's only been six or there will only be six. It's just too long. I think we get bored of using the same cards for like 45, 50, 60 days. I don't know where the number six came from. Nine is how many innings they play. Like when they did inning programs, they, oh, there were 12, I guess, inning programs, but yeah, I just feel like six is a weird number. Maybe we could tighten it up. There's, there's gotta be something to make it feel faster. Right. <laughs> I, I, I think a problem within that as well is that you have these, especially at the back end of the seasons, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, this is two weeks too long and Mm -hmm. there's no content. And like we get a diamond duos and then another diamond duos. And then there's like no programs going on. Like there's nothing else happening in like this lull at the end of it, which is, I think where that just makes it even worse. And like, I, I understand I'm an extreme case. I play this game way too much. It's admitted. I also work from home, so if it's a little quiet, I turn the game on, do a little stuff here and there, don't tell my boss. But on October 2nd, there are 31 days left in the set four, season four, whatever it's called, uh, program. I already finished the entire set four collection and got all three packs, and I did it like five days ago. I now have 31 days of essentially no purpose, because collections are the purpose of this game for better or worse. I think that's another thing that needs to change. But, uh, like, again, I'm an outlier. I understand. But that is way too much time to play for no reason. And you don't necessarily want to make that collection harder because, you know, for a lot of people, that is already, like, an insane grind for them to get. And the process of you doing that collection isn't necessarily the most exciting thing. So it's not like... It's not like, you know, I spent three weeks playing the game. It was super fun. I enjoyed it. I finished the collection. You know, oh, I finished it a little early, two weeks, whatever. That's fine. It was like, no, I just like mindlessly grind the game for two weeks to finish the collection. And now I have all this time before even there's something else meaningful to do. Because they feed you so many cards, which is the point. That's how you have to get collections done. But they feed you so many meaningless, essentially meaningless cards that like, what am I actually, do I care about this grind? It, it doesn't feel engaging in any way. And I think that could be the biggest thing to make 24 better is if they find a way to make the grind actually enjoyable. Not just the end result worth it, but the actual grind fun or maybe even challenging. I don't think anybody would complain if the grind was like a tick harder as long as it was more fun. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I will say the last two programs oh, i think i've been great. a step in the right direction great yeah. the pennant chase and the um career tribute. career tribute yeah so we say that now and by the time this comes out there's gonna be like three programs that are just like That's so okay. terrible it's not even funny but those two i i've enjoyed it like especially the last one where they added in the online missions so like you're getting online progress so so packs, well integrated yeah. you know you, you're gonna get some goals from the packs but like if you get on and you grind out earning some of those packs 
you're going to get some of the diamonds. Like that's a guarantee, you know, statistically over time. And like you can make some solid stubs off of those. Like if you just go on and find the packs and even maybe get a couple lucky with some pools, like those cards have decent value and you can earn those packs over and over again and sell them, flip them, make some stubs off of it, which I, they, I enjoy. There's like many yeah. different paths. Like you want to play online, you can play online. If you're an offline grinder and you want to keep playing the showdown and earn the packs again and make stubs, go do that. I was also so impressed by the way they adapted from that pennant chase to the career tribute, because yep. one of the, one of the large gripes of SDS, you might not, some people might not agree with this. Some, some loud people certainly do is that they don't respond quick enough to issues or criticisms within their content style. Some, you know, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. Like when, this is a coding issue, but like when the, the two-way pitcher glitch was in the game, it took them forever and a day to even acknowledge it and then fix it. Again, that's development. That's a little different, but I think that's the general gist I'm going for. But the Pennant Chase program was different and innovative, but ah, two stages, that was kind of silly. And ah, one out of six odds for those free packs. Yes, they're free, but even that, there was a lot of gold. So what did mm -hmm. they do? A week later, they removed stage two, it's the same length, but it's all one stage, optional missions, and the pack odds are one out of five now instead of one out of six. Nothing that took a lot of effort to fix, but it made all the difference. Yeah. Plus, plus, tops now for the first time didn't require that stupid uh, PXP <laughs> mission. You don't have to go carry the A's to Shield Woods and beat their brains out. You could just do the moments, get the cards, and you're done. It was so nice. Yeah, that was really nice. I would like to see them... Along the same path, they've done it a little bit with these last two. I, I, I the, the terminology I'm going to use is like open the umbrella a little bit more, but I want the programs to like encompass more of the game. So, mm -hmm. for example, like the career tribute, you have the program, you have the conquest, you have the moments, and then they have like the super strong event tie in. I would love that to like tie into the entire game. Like, if imagine you know, we get one of those programs and maybe it doesn't happen every week. It happens every other week or something like that within a, a season drop going on as well. But imagine that's like the BR rewards are career tribute and you're, you know, if you wanted to, you could collect those for, you know, more progress or you're gaining more progress from playing BR and the ranked seasons rewards are like those same style. And then there's like a massive career tribute collection that gets you one crazy card by collecting them all. So it's like you grind the offline program, there's the battle Royale program that you're getting and rank season. You put those all together. It's a, I, in my mind, that is a way more exciting grind than playing conquest and showdown for team affinity progress, because I'm having to earn some of those cards online or I'm grinding the market to make stubs, to buy those cards. As long as that path is still there. And then like that, that program kind of flows all together. And I get a really nice card from that every couple of weeks. That's being updated with a new, style of program in that fashion. I think that would be just like a way more enticing and exciting grind and more fresh. It's almost like a, like a game takeover or like a reskin, like for two weeks, they reskin right. the game. Right. I'm one of like the seven people left on earth who play clash of clans religiously. I don't know why I guess I'm hooked on it for some reason, but every month they reskin the game. There's new missions. There's new, this there's new that. And just thematically it brings it all together. And I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, and I, you know, there's a couple ones that would just be so. There's a couple ones they they kind of did. I mean, I guess like uh, when the when the All Star game dropped and we had the ranked season rewards were all All Star and the battle royale rewards like mm -hmm. more of that where it all ties together and there's like a reason to play all these modes and I'm being rewarded for playing all these modes like, like the great series. The, yeah, the great egg hunt was the perfect one. Right, right, right. Yeah, but that or like, was you know, like that was such a one off. Yeah. Yep. It's like I'm making World Series in ranks that I'm getting a card that I'm then using in a collection that's super valuable to get some awesome card else. Now, rank season would be kind of weird with that because of you know how long it would take to get to 900. But mm -hmm. you know, another topic of discussion, a can of worms we could open if we want. I think that just needs to be just can rank seasons and restart, but that's I think it needs to be just be totally redone. I agree with it wholeheartedly you know it's what just, rank, ranked for me right now is oh i have to record a video let's go play ranked i find yeah. no personal enjoyment in playing ranked at all even if the reward was good like just the process of yeah. how it's set up i spend three weeks grinding to get to 900 for one card and then i get there and then that's it like i'm done like i can't i can't do anything else that actually has value until the new program resets and 
I don't necessarily want to speak for you, but I feel like you and I are kind of in the same camp. We're like, I make World Series. I'm done. I'm not playing yeah. Legend difficulty unless, no, again, I have to learn something. So, like, absolutely not. Again, there are some players, many players, who are Legend Demons, and good for you. I think you should have your own mode where it's always competitive all the time. And let us normal people just struggle our way to World Series and stop. Yep. I mean, even for those people that are going to Legend, you get a thousand and you get a little icon and 20 packs or wow. something like or that. Like a thousand stubs? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, again, back to I've been playing Madden again recently. But like you could just, it, in, if you were super good at Madden, you're playing head to head seasons, you could win five Super Bowls in a week. Or like you just keep playing again and again. I, I love the concept of I could continue to win multiple World Series within a season and re-earn the World Series pack with that player in it again and again and again. And then I'm making stubs by earning that card and selling them. Just like you do with Battle Royale. I don't know why Battle Royale is just like, okay, you're great at Battle Royale. You can keep earning the 12 and over reward over and over again. Mm -hmm. But ranked, uh, you can get one and then that's it. You know, you better better luck next time. Yeah, it sounds like they took that concept and made mini seasons, essentially. But nobody, to my knowledge, really loves me. Like, they're definitely, I'm not speaking, I guess, you know, broad strokes here, but I don't see people playing many seasons a ton. Clearly it's not as engaging as they hoped. I know it's had its bugs in the past. Some people say the season's a little too long. That's a fair critique as well, but everybody forever has said weekend league Madden does it. It's so fun. Why doesn't MLB the show do it? I'm starting to wonder that like, maybe they're not doing it because they don't just want to appear to be straight up copying another title because it's clear that everyone who talks about more competitive wants that and SDS just isn't doing it. Right. It's funny. Madden, Madden even got rid of their weekend league now too, but I so, have something kind of similar. It just goes over the course of a week now, oh, but okay. yeah, I mean, it, it still adds something that adds more competitiveness. I would love like if ranked seasons was like a, you know, you still have your, your tiers, right? You still have your ratings. And based off that rating is you know, like your per game rewards. So if you're up in World Series, you're getting way more rewards for every win. But, you know, your season is like a 15 game bucket, so to speak. And it's like if you win 10 games, you get into the playoffs. If you win 12, then you get like a first round buy. And then once you're in the playoffs, it's like losing you're out, win four in a row, boom, World Series. Here's a World Series back. And so like in theory, you could just sit there and keep doing it over and over and over again. And if you're super good and at a, at you know a thousand rating, you're getting more rewards per game. Maybe you get two World Series packs if you make it all the way to the end, or you get like five chase packs or something like that. You know, something, something to where like there's a reason to continue to play the mode, and I'm being rewarded through doing it. I think that the very fair critique right now of ranked as well is that rewards are good packs, stubs, vouchers, whatever. Reward cards that you can only get within ranked is actually not good because it attracts non-competitive players to a mode that should be competitive. And then the, the quit issue comes into play and the, mm -hmm. the, the toxic people potentially or this like it is not a true competitive mode until they strip away card rewards. They can give you packs and stubs all you want. That's fine. I just feel like it's not a true competitive place to play. Yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah. especially with some of the, I mean, the quitting as well. The quitting is so bad. You know, you score a run and then somebody quits, which really only becomes, in terms of being game rewards, is way less of an issue if I'm being rewarded per game for winning. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's helping me achieve the next reward in game. Now, obviously, from a competitive standpoint, that's, you know, quitting, whatever. It's not great, but... A, a big issue with quitting right now is that if I'm trying to get through the ranked program and somebody quits, I've now getting zero of my stat mission progress that I was hoping yeah. to get within that game. You should be rewarded for as an official game is five innings. I think if there's a quit, you should be at least given five. And if it obviously if they quit in the seventh, you get seven, it's you know, et cetera. But yeah, to to have a win in the first inning and the guy quits and you get nothing for it because you didn't even register a full inning. I don't know how much difference an inning actually makes, but it is still technically a waste of time because right. you didn't achieve anything right. for it. Right. And then also, uh, you know, the rating system itself, I think could be way better. So it like for transparency example, for, for, for example, yeah. right now, I, I didn't play ranked last season. Yeah. So I'm 450 rated. Ooh, that's a climb. Now you got a ways I, to go. There's that, there's that aspect of one. I have a ways to go, but two, like 
I'm not a 450 rated player. Like at the end of the day, I'm just not. So if I match up with somebody who is 750 rated because the window gets big, they now have to play a player who is 450 rated, but it's not a 450 rated skill. Mm -hmm. And if I beat them, I'm going to get like 30 points. That's going to be great. But then they're going to lose 30 points. And if it flips the other way around, they're going to get like five points. You know, they're going to get five rating. They spent an hour uh, for five rating points to barely get any progress towards the next, you know, level or whatever. It's just kind of like what it, it seems off there. It seems it seems like it just doesn't quite line up. Yeah, I think the rating system is a problem. It needs transparency because like, I'd like to know what the algorithm is. Like, why did I lose 30 points? Like, I understand like there are ratings that come into play, but like, what is the math here? And then I feel like sometimes if you lose one, two wins should get you back to that original place. And sometimes it doesn't it, like the math just doesn't compute. It doesn't work out. There's too much randomness. A like ton it's so, of randomness. It's not. It's not necessarily based. Me getting the World Series. I was at the end of the day. It's based off you winning. But the way that you get there and how long it takes is not based off you simply winning. It's also who did you play, which mm -hmm. is just like the fact that if me and you were both 800 rated right now, and you played 10 games in one wall, and I played 10 games in one wall, you could be 950 rated, and I could be 850. It's yeah. like. We both had to go and win. And that's games. not your fault. Like you didn't right. do anything to deserve that. Right. And one thing I've been trying to figure out and I keep running into dead ends. It's like, oh, talk to this person. Try this. Look this up. Blah, blah, blah. I, I still don't know what rating mod actually does. If it's a dead statistic that they show you, if it actually factors I don't think into it does anything. Then to let's my get knowledge, rid of it. Let's just to get my let's... knowledge. Because like it used to. And I think it was 20. They came out and like they got rid of it as like actually factoring in to mm -hmm. anything. But yeah, yeah, it's still just like there. So maybe, still, I don't know. Maybe it does do something yet. It says I have a plus 250 rating mod, which I'm pretty sure is the max you can get. And everybody can I get think, that within two weeks. I think we all do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like if it's moot, let's get rid of it. Also, if it does something, let's tell us what it does. Because right. maybe, I don't know, maybe this makes it more complicated. But if rating mod means something, maybe there's actually more strategy into how we go about all this. And we're just not tapping into it. Like, I don't know. Right. Right, right. So I think overall ranked plus the redundancy in sets and seasons has just made this game boring at times to play. Plus the grind, let alone the grind. I I was so excited for Team Affinity to be back. That's made the grind so much worse because the grind is the same every team affinity. I would love if like we're talking about reskinning and theming things, let's make the grind different every set or season to just spice it up. I I just I I don't know how we and other players are supposed to be enticed to play year round. And I know that's a tough ask. Realistically nobody really does that, but you got to try to get people to do that and I don't know how we fix this. Yeah, there's definitely there, I okay. This may be I I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but it's a thought I've had. And hot take, hot take incoming. I was just about to say maybe the hottest take in podcast history. Clip it. I don't I don't hate conceptually the thought. I want to be careful here. Just conceptually <laughs> in the thought of the sets in each season, you start fresh. Just hundred percent fresh. You just hundred percent fresh. Unless here, here is the one kicker. If you use a tier three captain boost, you can use any card. Now See, you'd have to balance the cap. You couldn't have yes. a Cal Ripken captain that's just like mm -hmm. crazy strong and fits every card, whatever. But if you use a tier three captain boost, maybe it's only like the team affinity tier three captain boost. You can use any card in the game. There are no restrictions. You've been grinding. You want to use your favorite team. You get rewarded for that. Otherwise, everybody like each season's a fresh start. And I think one of the issues we had this year was like set season one. I would say like relative people were pretty happy. Oh, it was like season really one was good. sick. I'm really using these good. team affinity 97s. That's great. But then when season two came out, it was like, I already have 30 97s mm -hmm. and like 15 or so 99s. And you just released 30 more 97s. There's, I don't have any reason to yeah. use those cards and you grind for those cards. They provide no value to me. To three of my favorite cards from this year. Or Charisma 97s from Team Affinity Set 1. Yeah, I loved them. I absolutely They were great, them. but like you said, immediately phased out. And now, the only problem with your position, the set, or the, the Parallel 3 or Tier 3 Captain fixes that mostly. 
you have to do all the content on day one of the new set because you can't right. drop a diamond duo a week before it ends. And then nobody right. can use that card after that week's over. Right. Right. There and, is, there is the issues with that for sure. Yeah, so that like, it kind of defeats the purpose of live content outside of roster updates. And cause nobody uses tops. Now we can put tops now in there too, but I think it would make SDS's lives easier. Right, because I feel like I would be more inclined to like play each season because like I would have those ninety sevens that I'm yeah. excited to play. Team and maybe like there's more back. core, maybe there's more core cards as well that kind of offset yeah. some of that too. Or like, you know, you have extra wild card spots or whatever. I don't. I, it's a thought that I've had of like, okay, that's what I really liked about season one was using all the ninety sevens mixed with some ninety nines. And when season two came out, I just didn't have any desire to grind for all all those cards again that I wasn't going to use. And the, the biggest complaint that you will get from that stance and that SDS still gets now is I hate sets and seasons because I grind my ass off for a card and then you take it away from me. Right. My Which... retort to that is, first of all, you theoretically have 30 plus days to use the card. Let's calm down. Secondly, most of the time, events is a free for all. You could still use the card there. It's like it's right. not actually robbed from you. Plus, if you love it so much, wild card it. That's and why it's there. There's no I, keep no restrictions in co-op that which like I definitely do get the like, oh, they're moving the card that I grind for. I do get that. The other thing I say is that, OK, let's go back to when we the show 22 and let's start in April and let's say we earned all the cards day one in April and then we fast forward to June. We're not using any of those cards that were earned day one and it will be the show 22 90 yeah. overall face of the franchises from April like. It, you you could use them theoretically, like if you wanted to, but you would be at such a competitive disadvantage going up against 95s, 96s, and 97s. Yeah, I, I think to combine the last thing we were talking about with this now is like a true competitive fun ranked mode and all these crap cards that we get. We should have either a salary cap mode or like the Battlefy team restrictions where you have to use only one or two 99s. You got to use golds. You got to use some silvers. Talk about team building. Now we're having fun. Now these cards mean something. You can release silvers of legends that could have some viability outside of just BR. So I feel like that is a way we can we can kind of meet in the middle and get all these things to work. Or, you know, if we're talking about redoing ranked seasons, you come out with multiple ranked season format so like you have you have unranked seasons maybe you could call it where there are no restrictions use whatever mm -hmm. card you want and you can earn you can even you can even earn the same rewards i don't i don't know but then you have a ranked seasons that is only the current in season cards can be used and then you know so then if you want to use whatever card and earn long online rewards boom if you don't and you like being able to use the new cards and have a reason to earn those cards you have this other mode that you can play and both are rewarded online and give people the opportunity to kind of like play how they want to play and where they want to play as well. Cause like for, I'm a big team builder. Like I love the team building aspect. I know some are, some just want to build their team and then be done. Yeah. And then just like play all year. I love continuously like upgrading my team, finding new pieces for my team. And I think some of that, I mean, obviously some of that was taken away this year through sets and seasons. And I thought the seasonal refreshes would, you know, kind of fix that. Like when season three came around, I would be back and be like, okay, now I want to grind and get all these new cards again, but it just didn't quite, I still had enough of a team that it didn't quite. I, I ran into some 99s from season two and I had a full 99 team. And I was like, okay, well, there may be some marginal upgrades here, but I'm not super excited about going through in that massive grind for one collector award that I'm going to add of the three. And it would also add some flexibility in like, I, I tell people all the time, like use the cards you're comfortable with. It doesn't matter what they look like, who they mm -hmm. are. If you like their swing, go have a ball. I don't care. But then I also look back at how they've built cards this year. And while it's fun that everybody is a five tool hall of fame demon, it, it kind of, it backs you into a corner. It's like, I have to use the collection, Ronald Acuna. He's out of this world. If I have Mickey Mantle, I kind of have to use Mickey Mantle. He does everything perfectly. Adley Rutschman is every human being's catcher. The way they've built certain things to be so drastically over the top better than everybody else eliminates all the team creativity because everybody has to use the same stuff. And I don't and know how you fix that. Maybe you just stop doing 125 attributes. Maybe I, I got, don't know. But like, I got the curveball for you right here, right? Okay. So if 
we, you know, with my crazy concepts, maybe terrible concepts, people are probably going to hate it, but Flip it again, get ready, clip it. If, if, uh, you know, we go through the format of each season is its own unique season. You can only use those cards in the ranked mode. The amount of adjustments and flexibility they can make with that is insane. If in season one, they give a bunch of people 125 power, and then we're all hitting 75 home runs a game. And it's like, yo, we have way too many powerful cards right now. They can't, they can't go back. Like mm -hmm. you've already, you've already dove into the deep end. There's no swimming yeah. out of it now. Like you're stuck. Cause if you release bad cards in season two, everybody's using their season one cards. Whereas if you kind of get rid of that aspect, it's like, okay, well we can do a full reset on the type of cards we're releasing as well. And now we have all the information from this first six weeks to balance cards now for the next six weeks. And we can make them more balanced yeah. and better for the game health overall. And then in the next six weeks, we rebalance again to make it even better. And you can keep doing that and keep balancing more and more because you get a free chance to do that every six weeks. Yeah. And what we're talking about are like philosophical content ideas yes. where they can just like in their head be like, okay, now we're doing this and they can just enact it. The real way to fix this, which requires much more time and work is to reframe the way hitting works in this game to have specific roles. Tony Gwynn should be a viable hitter. Ichiro is the example. A lot of people, they always want him to come back. I'm like, no, we don't want Ichiro right now. We want Ichiro when they fix the way hitting works because contact will have real viability. Speed will have real viability, like in terms of base running and how it all interacts. Right now, the game is meant to be a launching pad. I don't know if that was intentional or just the way it has kind of evolved and progressed, but right now the meta is the meta and that's just how it is. Yep. Yep. And it's definitely, I mean, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of how baseball is becoming, you know, it's kind of becoming home mm -hmm. run or bust. I think obviously in a video game aspect where as players were able to have much more consistently better inputs than a real life baseball player can mm -hmm. have, we're going to hit more home runs when the both are aligned. You know, when you're swinging with yep. 125 power and, and you square up the ball, well, it's going to be a home run a lot, which yep. is, I don't know that I don't know the perfect answer to balancing that, you know, making home runs, making home runs harder, making contact hitters get more base hits at a higher rate. I'm not sure, but it's definitely, uh, definitely in balance. And I mean, that's been a thing for as long as I can remember. And it'll be the show. I remember back in like, it will be the show. I think it was, I think it was, it'll be the show 18. They, it was like really hard to hit in the first week. And then they did a patch and it became like home run derby back again. And I remember, I remember, I remember kind of like liking it. Cause I was like, I was super casual at the time, but then yeah. I got bored of the game in like two weeks. So I was like, okay, well that's enough. That's enough of that. Yeah. I don't know if they need to like take the home run out of the game, but right. I just like, they need to find a way to make contact mean something in terms of like, players who just don't have the ability to hit the ball like i i don't know what the answer is either i am not a developer i'm not smart enough to be a developer i just know that i played baseball my whole life and i was a slap hitter and i do not feel representation in this baseball game so which hey you know if if each season lives in its own unique ecosystem of you can only use those season cards we could have player thematic seasons where you know maybe season two is nobody is above 85 power, mm -hmm. you know, and everybody's 125 contact. I don't know. There'd probably be some people who hate that. I don't even know if I would <laughs> like it, but conceptually, like, you know, yeah. I don't know. It'd be cool to try out and see what happens. Like what, what if we were all just running contact hitting lineups and the best power hitter was like 85 power well, or something like that. And at times that's what events used to be like, okay, only right, people 50 right. or under power, but because the game is catered towards homers, those event, those event games were still like nothing, nothing just kind of barn burners because you are wanting to hit singles and doubles, but the game is trying to get you to lift it and hit it over the fence. And it's just, it's not computing True. the right way. Yep. Yep. And yeah. I mean, now I didn't, we barely even have any people who are under 50 power. Now you'd probably be hard pressed to make a lineup of players with under 50 power that aren't live series commons. Or like you'd have to use putt putt. And the only reason Richie Ashburn is in this game is theoretically to hit singles, but now we pay him for no reason or his, I, I don't know. Is he still alive? We pay his legacy or whatever money for him to not be used. So like, he's not even getting utility. It's a waste of money. So like either we drastically change the legends we go after, or we fix the way hitting works. I, I don't know. Something's got to get. Hey, speaking of Richie Ashburn, never forget. It will be the show 19 event legend, Richie Ashburn, 95 overall dropped in like January or it'll be 20. Maybe it was 19 or 20. I can't remember now, but all the, all the content issues that are in this game, 
I the only thing I'll say is that they also existed in previous games too. Is my is my big thing because yes. we, we had we had ninety overall event rewards in like December, and and we'll be the show twenty. It was like, what are we? Heath Bell? I don't. I don't know if you. I think it was oh, Heath Bell. The Heath Bell. He was milestone. a new legend, and he never got anything good. The milestone yeah. event reward. It was like a ninety four in December, and it was mm-hmm. like, yo, twenty five wins. Go get it. Have fun at it. <laughs> what a blast! Yeah. Um. All right. So we got a few minutes left here. And we're going to make ourselves look stupid because, as I said, we're recording this October 2nd. It's coming out a little into November. We're going to talk about how the playoffs are going to go. Um, Rangers fan, high hopes, hopefully realistic hopes. I'm just going to start it off with if the Braves don't win, it's the biggest choke job in history. What, okay. do, what do you think about the playoffs? Um, I think let me let me let me give a quick. Who's I? I think uh, I hate I hate this, but let me get the bracket up. I'll, I'll help I, us both out. I, I don't know how uh, I'm gonna throw up saying it. I don't know how I can say anybody but the Astros from the American League. I just don't. I uh, uh, it makes me angry and I, my stomach hurts. The only thing I'll it's say like, is ugh. that they are a week removed from going two and seven against the A's and Royals. In not a good look to, in back to back series, yeah. which was which was not a good look at all. Our three series in a row. I mean, you know, that's the only thing. Maybe there's a whole. I feel like most of the American League teams have holes. See, but like I, so I look ahead at at the the American League side of the bracket. I think the Blue Jays are going to beat the Twins. Sorry, Thuni. Sorry, Gomer. Sorry, Twins fans. I would assume I think, that they expect that. You know, maybe. just given the history. I think the Blue Jays can beat the Astros, but then you look at the other side of the bracket. Let's say the Astros get through. I think, sorry, I think the Orioles are going to beat the Rangers. I think the Orioles can beat the Astros, and they proved that like three weeks ago. So I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. I think their pitching is not nearly as strong as it used to be. Nope. And I just, I I really, I really don't like the Astros. I just don't. And I don't think I ever will. If the Rangers get out, I'm definitely rooting for the Orioles. I will say that. I think... The Rangers, okay, here's a fun little stat. The Rangers are undefeated in Tropicana Field in the playoffs all time. They are 5-0 and there. They okay. played in the ALDS there in 2010 and 2011. Won every game they played there. So maybe they continue that and sneak into the ALCS. I think if they do, they probably lose to the Orioles. But the Rangers are like the epitome of a hot and cold team. Mm-hmm. I think since the All-Star break, they've had four different losing streaks of three or more games. But then they've also swept like five different teams. They had a streak of they swept the Guardians and then the Rays and then got swept by the Dodgers and the Astros and then like turned around and swept two other teams. And it was like, what what on earth is they? and then they lost like 10 in a row and then won seven in a row. So, I mean, if they hit one of their hot streaks, you never know. But last game of the season, they scored zero runs when they could have won the division. So I think we're uh, I think we're I think we're more on the cold streak side of things that was the george kirby knuckleball game um yeah yeah my man just started throwing knuckleballs dude, the, in game the nastiest knuckleball it, he ever. needs to continue to throw it but also not because it would ruin him with the show forever how ballsy of him to throw that against Corey seager of all people like not not smart but it worked listen if the rangers get hot and make the world series and the braves do what i think we all know they're capable of doing first of all it's going to be the highest scoring world series ever because yeah. neither team pitches like excellently nope and I hope you took the over on home runs hit in the series because yeah, it's because they they both score a lot crazy. of crazy. There will probably be a one five run inning a game. Probably the, <laughs> the home runs don't win championships. Crowd is going to pass out because Rangers versus Braves is going to show them that you got to put the ball over the fence. Yep, yep. I, I think, just uh, I, I don't I don't see how the Braves lose though. Honestly, it's they're even, so good. It's I will disgusting. say the Dodgers surprised me this year. I thought they were going to have a down year, and they just kind of you know kept frogging along and got a hundred wins. So Braves, Dodgers, NLCS, I guess the sum is boring as like a pure baseball fan. It's like, dude, I'm all for that. Like, that's exciting. That's fun. That's great baseball. It's unfortunate, by the way, that the way the bracket shook out, I think if the Phillies got a run on the Dodgers, they beat the Dodgers, but it's Phillies Braves on the same side or the same kind of quarter of the bracket. So that would mean they beat the Braves. But if it was like a Braves Phillies championship, be I'd fun. be so in for that. That'd be fun. I, I gotta I gotta pull for the Marlins just for the vibes, because that'll just be, you know, it's the Marlins. They're there. They're yeah. having a good time. I hey, if the Rangers do make it to the ALCS though, and we get a Rangers Astros ALCS, I, I that would be awful for me. I just don't know mentally <laughs> how I would handle that. But in terms of just like if I was not a fan of either of those teams, it's just like baseball, like two teams in the same state that hate each other now going at it in the ALCS would be electric. 
Has there be ever just... been a postseason series between them? No. Okay. So in 20, like I'm trying to 15, think. Yes. In 2015, the Astros were like six outs away from beating the Royals in the ALDS mm-hmm. and then choked the game, lost. Royals went on to win the World Series. And that on the other side of the bracket, the Rangers were in the ALDS versus the Blue Jays. And that was the Jose Bautista yeah. bat flip, Elvis so Andrews three error game. Yeah. And both, it's funny because like the governor tweeted, like, can't wait to watch Rangers Astros ALCS. And then like Oof. 15 minutes later, both Oof. teams literally collapsed in the eighth inning, lost. And then it was a Blue Jays Royals ALCS. And then that governor probably did not get reelected to the next term. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I mean, talking about this before it is over and you guys seeing this after is kind of silly and stupid and dumb, but I'm excited for this postseason, even though obviously I wish the Yankees were in it. They had such a shit season anyway, but. It's going to be fun to like not care necessarily about what happens. I've never, this is going to sound like such an elitist take. I've never not cared about the playoffs before. So like realistically never not cared about it. Um, I live in Baltimore now. So to see the Orioles do well, this place is electric. I live 10 minutes from Camden Yards. This place is going to be crazy if the Orioles make some noise. But like, honestly, I just want to have fun and make money on DraftKings. That's that's all I care about. <laughs> Also, the fact that there are three, maybe I think three, I don't think the Marlins fit into this, but there's at least three teams that two years ago lost 100 games and are now in the postseason is great for the sport. Yeah. And they, and the, all three the, of them. The Diamondbacks, Orioles, and... Diamondbacks, Orioles, and Rangers. Rangers lost, oh, the Rangers Rangers lost 101. Oh, wow. Okay. We lost 101 in 2021, which is like wow. those three teams having lost so much and then... The D-backs and the Orioles kind of doing it in a different way than the Rangers, but then all three finding success is, I think, just it's great for the sport to have to have those teams in there. They kind of did. I mean, Diamondbacks and Orioles did it in similar ways, but I feel like the Diamondbacks did more trading. The Orioles yeah. just kind of like, yeah, they trade away their stars, but they let it rock. They just let the young guys come through. And then the Rangers right. were like, how much money do you want? I will. Just yeah, they were like, okay, we chips. have like three prospects uh, and then we'll just buy everybody else. Like we have three young guys that we called up and then everybody else will just, we'll just spend money on. Yeah. Which I've I guess this offseason, based off track record, last year they had a terrible pitching staff. Offense got mm-hmm. better. This year, pitching staff was there. Offense was there. And it's like the worst bullpen in modern baseball history. <laughs> I think, so I, they're the... Of teams who have less than a 50% save percentage over the course of a season, the Rangers won 90 games this year while doing that. The like second Crazy. highest win total is like 73 all time. It's just yeah. like, what, what on earth? That's they blew 33 nuts. saves. What are we doing? So that being said, I mean, they'll probably go spend a hundred million on relievers this off season to go on top of all that. Hindsight being 2020, of course, but Scherzer now out for the season. Talk maybe, about how maybe, maybe, but he threw a bullpen the other out, day, out and it's like now. he's trying to be a Superman. I don't know, but probably out for the season. Talk about how like rebuilding teams go. Were you a fan of getting rid of Acuna in the weird deal that came to like talk about not having really many prospects? That's another great one. You just kind of like hand it off. So like, was that good or bad? At the end of the day, at the time, right at the time, I was definitely in favor of it, and I'm still not against it now because I'm never gonna be against the GM being like, let's go win. We had a chance. Let's go. Let's go do it. Let's go win. And, you know, assuming whatever Scherzer's injury is, I mean, if he's already back throwing bullpens, I assume he's probably going to be at worst case back by 2024. You still have him next year for like 10 million, I think Mm -hmm. is what they end up owing him. It's like, okay, like you still get value through that next year. He becomes like the rock of the rotation. So I love that. And then at the end of the day, Acuna does not have a place on the Rangers. As good of a prospect of he is, He's a middle infielder, he's a, right? He's a shortstop. So oh, yeah, he's got nothing. Yeah. He's not he's not replacing Corey Seager. Josh Young's at third base, rookie. He's not going anywhere. Simeon signed for another six years. He's not going anywhere. And you're only going to lessen his value by forcing him into an outfield spot versus being able to trade him as a high-valued middle infield prospect. So it's like you never really have anywhere to go. You're able to strike while the iron's hot and in theory try to capitalize on a great season, which at the end of the day, you never know. Like who knows what next year looks like. And Theory, the Rangers aren't really losing anybody, so they should be good, but you never know. So it's like capitalize on it while you have the chance. It was such a creative trade, and people either love Steve Cohen or hate Steve Cohen, but I feel like only Steve Cohen would have approached that trade that way, and I think that's super cool. Like, I'll just purchase a prospect from you. Right. Yeah, and, and then he turned around and did it with Verlander, too. It's like the Mets did great with, through that. They yeah. did incredible. Yeah, super cool. So 
Uh, in closing here, go Rangers and Braves, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll put a disclaimer in the comments or the, the description of this video that, you know, we're idiots. But uh, <laughs> I, I I like the, the process here. I think we're coming from a good place. I think it's ultimately Braves over um, Orioles because I think Orioles, they shouldn't be where they are. There's a reason they're where they are. I think they're ahead of schedule. I don't think their World Series winning window is open, but I think based on what the American League looks like this year, they can definitely get there. But yeah, I just think absolutely. ultimately very winnable. The, the Braves have the experience. They have yeah. the MVP. Acuna's been, I mean, the whole lineup's been crazy. Any other year, Matt Olson's like the MVP. It's just nuts. And I just think they crush whoever they play. I think, yeah, I, I think the Braves come out of the National League and crush whoever it is. I I unfortunately probably have to say the Astros just because, I don't know, they're their experience and they get there and they just get the job done and I hate every second of it, but I hope the Braves sweep them if that's the case. It's going to be fun. And you know what will hopefully still be fun in November when this comes out? MLB The Show. We'll see what the content looks like. Finest should be right around the corner, honestly. Uh, 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 set five. Set five will probably be finest. I think we'll be getting finest by then. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about that content when we know about it. But uh, it's... Thank you for being here. Tell everybody where they can find you if for some reason they aren't already and just give them the lowdown. Well, it's really simple nowadays because you can just find me at youtube.com slash ants. And that's pretty much it now. I've I've Super consolidated simple. my platforms I'm on. <laughs> I'm not all over the place doing everything. So go subscribe on YouTube. And as we talked inside baseball before, always hit the like button. Always comment something i don't care what it is ants probably doesn't care for the most part what it is just be respectful and nice but comment something and uh you know content creation is fun some people like ants choose to do it for a career some people like me just do it just to shoot the breeze but you can help us out in very very simple ways and it's always appreciated so ants thank you again good luck to the rangers i hope they have a magical run in them for you because it's been thank a tough you. couple years it has um, yes but We'll have to do this again sometime. Everybody, thank you for making it to the end. Love you guys. As always, talk to you next time.